This is the Kitzer of Sikhe Beis of Parshat Kiseitse and Chelik Yudalit. The Rabbi here discusses the last Rashi in this week's Parsha that speaks about the mitzvah of Mechia Samalik. In the Pasuk it says, Timcha Zecher Amalik. And Rashi explains, he brings these words from the Pasuk and says, Mi'ish va'adisha me'elo va'adyonik, mishor va'adzeh. It includes men, women, young babies, and also the ox and the sheep. So that a name of a Amalek should not be mentioned even on an animal. People will say that this animal belongs to Amalek. So the Rebbe says that you, you learn Rashi, it just seems like Rashi is clarifying what Zechar Amalek entails, what does it include. But the Rebbe says, the question is, what is Rashi coming to clarify here? What is not understood in the words Timche Zechar Amalek? Wipe out the remembrance of Amalek. Is there anything not understood about these words? Is there anything not understood about the meaning of how this is done? And if there's actually a question, why in Parshas B'Shalach, when the Torah said, the Ebishter says, I will wipe out Amalek, there Rashi doesn't explain anything. So, if it's not understood, Rashi should have explained it the first time in Parshas B'Shalach. Then the Rebbe says, if you look into Rashi, it's very interesting. He's quoting a Pasuk in Shmuel. This is the Lashon of a Pasuk in Shmuel, but yet he, he, he doesn't tell it to you. You would never know that this is a Pasuk in Shmuel if you didn't learn Shmuel before. Why doesn't Rashi tell you this is a Pasuk in Shmuel? And actually there the quote goes further. Rashi doesn't quote that. And then it's interesting. Rashi seems to be redundant. First Rashi says that And then he adds He just said the name will be, remain on the animal. And then you'll say that it's on the animal. Why does Rashi have to add that? And then the Rebbe says the Dibra Maskal is always key to know what Rashi is coming to explain. Timcha Zeichar Amalek. Why is Rashi bringing the words Timcha? It seems like Rashi is just explaining the word Zeichar. What does Zeichar include? So the point the Rebbe explains here is Rashi is coming to answer a very simple and basic question. When you say Timcha Zeichar Amalek, what's the simple chat of that? Erase the remembrance of Amalek, meaning in your mind, in your heart. There should be no remembrance of Amalek. Erase it. It should never enter into your mind. How in the world is that possible? It's not humanly possible. A person doesn't have control over this. Thoughts enter into a person's mind even un- unwillingly. You tell a person after it enters into your mind, don't pay attention to it or remove it from your mind. Okay, that's a mitzvah that you could understand. So if the Pasuk would say that uh, okay, but the Pasuk says it shouldn't even ever enter into your mind. How is that humanly possible? Rebbe brings the Gemara that says that there are certain, uh, there's three Avedas, it's a memory that it comes into your mind, it comes, it's not in your control. So that, that's the question of Rashi. So we understand why in Pasha's B'Shalach, this wasn't the question. They were talking about the Abishta, the Abishta erasing Amalek. Of course, the Abishta can do whatever he wants. So over there, it's not a question. But over here, it's a Shaila. How does, how does a person achieve this? So therefore, Rashi says the act of the mitzvah is you erase Amalek. From all human beings of Amalek, all descendants of Amalek should be destroyed, and all animals should be destroyed. And then, when all those things that have the name of Amalek on them are gone, so then that will cause that eventually and automatically the remembrance of Amalek will not be there anymore in your mind. So yeah, the mitzvah taka is to get rid of it in your mind. But how do you accomplish that? The mitzvah, the act of the mitzvah is to get rid of the memory of Amalek that exists in all the things that come from Amalek. And then it'll get rid. It'll, it'll go out of your mind. That's what Rashi is clarifying when he brings Meish Vadisha Ma'el Vadyanik. He's clarifying Pashat Pshat. How do you get rid of the Amalek from your mind? Rashi over here, as part of this clarification, when the pasuk says Timcha Zeichar Amalek, and Rashi wants to tell you 
what the pshat in this war against Amalek means, Rashi clarifies that we have another similar war that Yidin had to fight against Midian. Midian also attacked Yidin, or they caused Yidin actually to sin in the Chet of Baal Pa'er, and they brought about a plague upon Yidin. And over there we see that Abishah says you don't have to kill all the babies. And even the women, the only reason they have to be killed is because they caused the sin. But otherwise, it was just the men that, that they have to be wiped out. So maybe I would say that why shouldn't Amalek be the same? When it comes to Amalek, it also seems to be taking revenge of what Amalek did to Yidin, and they attacked Yidin. So therefore Rashi clarifies part of his pshat over here. Rashi is coming to explain, that no, here it says Zecher. Here, what we're trying to achieve is to completely remove the remembrance of Amalek. And therefore, we hear, Zechar Amalek, that's not just the, the men. That includes the women, the babies, the animals, because that's the only way you're going to get rid of the remembrance of Amalek. That's what Rashi is coming to clarify. So therefore, the Rebbe says, Rashi is not quoting a Pasuk and Shmuel to just tell you what Zechar Amalek entails, the details of what Zechar Amalek entails. Rashi is teaching the word Zechar. That this is the only way how you get rid of the remembrance of Amalek of your mind, by, by getting rid of all these things that come from Amalek. So Rashi doesn't say, I'm quoting a Pasuk and Shmuel. Yeah, so now the Rebbe says, but if this is what the point over here is, to get rid of the remembrance of Amalek in your mind, so maybe that should also include to get rid of any objects, or any properties, any possessions that belong to Amalek. You have the name of Amalek and anything that ever belonged to Amalek, even a daimim, wouldn't that remind you of Amalek? So if you want to get rid of the Zechar Amalek, why isn't it included Daimim as well? So the Rebbe says, therefore Rashi adds the words, Because animals are different. Animals, you buy an animal or you confiscate an animal from Amalek and it enters into your possession, what are you going to do with this animal? Could you completely change it that it shouldn't be recognizable that this once belonged to Amalek? The appearance of the animal, you can totally alter its appearance? No, you can't. So therefore... It's always going to have that remembrance of a malik to the point that you'll always say, "Oh, this belonged to a malik. This is the oh, this is the animal I bought from a malik." So therefore, animals like human beings have to be wiped out. Whereas when it comes to any other inanimate, if you're buying any possessions, whether it's metalkalin, whether it's karkois, real estate, properties, any other possessions, that's something you can totally change. And the Rebbe says, perhaps you would be obligated to totally change it, that it shouldn't be recognizable from who you got it from. Or even if not, the Rebbe says, the very fact that it's in your control and in your possession to the extent that you could change it, so therefore you're never going to relate it back to Amalek to say, oh, this belonged to Amalek. It's not to that extent like it is in an animal, which you can change it from the way it was by its original owner. So therefore Rashi, Rashi adds this emphasis of Loimar to clarify why it doesn't go so far to include the daimim as well. And the Rebbe says, the Pasuk doesn't say, Cheyrem. The Lashon of Cheyrem, which is used by Irani Dachas, to say the mitzvah, to, to, to burn all of, the, um, all of the possessions of the Irani Dachas, the Pasuk doesn't say that here. So therefore it doesn't include this. And the Rashi is adding this to explain why not. Now the Rebbe says, interesting, in Megillah's Esther, this explains why Esther was able to receive the gift of the house of Haman. And before Hashem asks, the whole point is to erase Amalek, and she's receiving a gift from the house of Haman. Why is she receiving this Bechlal? You have to erase, you have to burn it down, destroy it. So the Rebbe says, no, not according to Rashi. In shal Mikra, when you receive the house of Haman, so once she gets it and it enters into her possession, it's not the house of Haman anymore. It's her house, the name of Hester is upon it. It's not like an animal or the human beings that you can't alter their appearance, you can't change them. Now it becomes her house, she decorates it like she wants, it becomes hers. And therefore it completely changes and therefore it's not, a, not an issue of her to accept it. Here the Rebbe goes into another point and the Rebbe proves this and says 
look, besides a mitzvah of erasing a malek, you have another mitzvah, to remember a malek. These two mitzvahs are not a contradiction. On one hand, you have to remember a malek, but at the same time, you have to erase a malek. So if those two mitzvahs are not a contradiction, for sure, Esther receiving the house of Haman as a gift, and now it becoming her house, is not a contradiction to erasing Amalek, erasing the name of Haman. When it becomes hers, it becomes completely hers, and she's receiving it in order to get rid of the name of Haman, and it's not a problem. But the Rebbe goes a step further and says, Sof, Sof, why are these two mitzvahs not a contradiction? Remembering Amalek and erasing Amalek, why are they not a contradiction? If you have to remember, how are you going to forget Amalek? So the Rebbe here tells us that if you remember with the intention to remember, that means remembering Amalek. If you remember just in order to erase, you're bringing up the thought of a malik just because you want to erase it. That's not, rem- that's not called remembering. That's not an act of remembering. The Rebbe says, just like the, there's the minig, to write the name of a malik on pieces of uh, wood or stones, and then to step on it and erase it. When you're writing the name of a malik, what are you doing? You're remembering a malik. You're not remembering a malik. That's how you erase it. That's part of the process of erasing. That's not remembering. And the Rebbe goes so far to say that possibly this would be true also regarding Neif. A person steals money because he wants to give tzedakah. He wants to pay back the kefal. Chathchil is stealing in order to give the tzedakah. Or you're buying chametz to burn. You're making a Vedazara to smash. Possibly it wouldn't be a problem. Unbelievable. The Rebbe has this tzadachin and the Rebbe says, Apichsidis, the Rebbe says, you see here in this Rashi, that the effect of a malek is in all of these areas that Rashi mentions here, which refers to the different parts in a person, this Ish, Vad Isha, Eilul, and Yonik, Shair, Atzeh. In general, the Rebbe says, this is the Kalkite of a Malik that enters into the Midas of a person. Ish and Isha refers to the Midas of a person. Eilul and Yonik refers to the Midas of a person when they're in an immature state. Shair Atzeh refers to various different levels of the Nefesh of Bahamas of a person. That's where a Malik enters. That's where a Malik has an effect, and that's where a person has to fight against a Malik. But... Kabbalah soil is how you get rid of a malik. When a person has absolute Kabbalah soil, you can't reason with a malik. But through Kabbalah soil, that's how you get rid of a malik. So the daimim, the daimim of a malik, a malik doesn't reach the daimim actually. So therefore, Rashi never mentions the daimim because Kabbalah soil and bitl is hinted in the daimim. And therefore, the way to get rid of a malik is through being ma'ayr, yukayach of a Kabbalah soil. And dafke then is when you get rid of the whole memory of a malik, and then it will be fulfilled ultimately when Mashiach comes, like it says, that then will be Hashem Shalem, and Kisei Shalem, in Parshas B'Shalach. It says, Kiyod al Khan, the name of the Abish is incomplete there, and the throne of the Abish is incomplete. Mashiach will come and will completely erase a malik, and then it will be Hashem Shalem and a Kisei Shalem.